several years ago, I participated in an event called the Washington, D.C. AIDS Ride. What this was, it was a bicycle ride from Norfolk, Virginia to Washington, D.C., 330 miles. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're looking at me thinking, no way did you do that. <laughs> well, it was several years ago, and though it may not look like I could make it three miles today, I really did make it from Norfolk to uh, Washington. On the day of the ride, well, actually before, the day before the ride, we had to go through a registration process, an orientation process. And as part of that process, we were required to watch a safety video, the sole purpose of which was to scare you to death. But uh, as part of that video, the president of the company that kind of put on this ride uh, came out and had an interesting way of introducing the video. The president of that company, he talked to us about the importance of kindness. His point was, and remind, remember, this is a secular company. This is not a Christian company that put on this ride. But his point was is that if that thousand riders that were part of that ride uh, that summer participated in that ride and practiced simple kindness, then the ride would be a success. But he didn't stop there. He went on about how he believed that kindness was the missing ingredient in not only eradicating AIDS worldwide, but that kindness would change the entire world if we just learned how to practice it. Now, at first I was sitting there and I thought, well, those are nice sentiments, a little too age, too new age for me, but you know, nice thoughts. And he kept on going. And as he went on about how kindness will change the world, I got more uncomfortable and more than a little critical of what he was saying. I mean, really, how could acting kind change the world? And I swear to you, I literally said these words in my head in a very sarcastic manner. Yeah, that sounds good. Too bad it's not biblical. And at that point... A verse that I had memorized as a child, and maybe you have too, came rushing into my mind. Be ye kind, one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ Jesus has forgiven you. It was almost like God was punching me in the arm and saying, being kind is biblical. And so this morning, I want us to look at the spiritual virtue of of kindness. And I want us to see that be kind is not just something we tell our children to be, rather it is a spiritual discipline that needs to be exercised, an expression of our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Let us pray. God, this morning give us ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit wishes us to know this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, when I first started working on this sermon, I could not get away from the thought that maybe I should do something different. I mean, kindness is kind of a wimpy subject, don't you think? When you go home today and someone asks you, what was the sermon on, and you say, kindness, their response is going to be, oh, that's nice. Yeah. So I tried to think of some more, something with more of an edge to it, sin, hell, death, even the, the uh, gospel passage on flesh eating, but nothing fit. So the more I thought about the New Testament reading, 
And I remembered the man in the orientation video, what he had said and how quickly I had dismissed it. Kindness can change the world. And the more I studied, the more I became convinced that kindness is one of the ways that God has chosen for us to reveal God to those around us. And that it is not kindness itself that will change the world, but rather the God that moves us to kindness. The God that allows us to be kind in situations where there is not an ounce of kindness in us. The God whose very nature is kind. The verse which that God brought to my mind is the one found in the New Testament book of Ephesians, which Terence just read. And in this particular part of the letter to the Ephesians, we see an emphasis on the difference between the old life in Christ and the new life in Christ. And the first part of that passage, we see a call to reject or put away the old way of life and put on or clothe ourselves with a new self. There is a difference between living apart from God and living with God through Jesus Christ. Having a relationship with God through Christ should change the way we live, is what Paul was saying. There is a new life that comes to us when we decide to walk with Jesus. So in verses 21 through 24, we see this call to the new life. Then beginning in verse 25, we get to the what then part. If we do put on this new self, what will our lives look like? And so verses 25 and following list out for us what these rules are for the new life. Things like do not be angry. Thieves should stop stealing. Those part, that part of the passage that lists what this new life looks like. And it is at the very end of this list of actions for living out the new life in Christ that we find the command that popped into my head that day. Before we get into what kindness is and how we can develop kindness in our lives, let's ask the question, why? Why is being kind important? Why are we being commanded to be kind? I believe there are three reasons. First, kindness is a mark of the new life in Christ. The whole passage we just looked at, its whole theme of putting away the old way of life and putting on the new before we decided to walk with Christ and putting on a new, now we've committed a life with to being Jesus' disciples. Being a disciple means being kind. So the first reason is to be kind because it's a mark of disciples. Second, kindness is a mark of spiritual maturity. We see this concept defined for us most clearly, I believe, in the book of Galatians. Some of you may have been thinking, well, where is kindness biblical? And in the book of Galatians, we have in chapter 5, Paul listing for us what he calls the fruits of the Spirit. The markings of a person who has left the old life behind and has begun to mature or show fruit of their Christian life. And kindness is right in the middle of that list. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It is a mark of a spiritually mature person. As we grow in our relationship with God and develop as disciples of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God causes certain characteristics to flourish within us. But we have to do our part to nourish and cultivate that fruit. If we want to be mature disciples, we will work on being kind. Third reason we are to be kind because God is kind. 
The Bible uses the word to describe not only the character of God, but also the relationship that God has with us. The Old Testament sometimes translates this characteristic as loving kindness. It is a faithfulness. It is being slow to anger. It is freedom and mercy and grace. It is an everlasting love which cannot be shaken. God is kind and we are to be, as our text says, imitators of God. In becoming disciples, we begin to take on the characteristics of God. And in this case, we take on the character of being kind. So what exactly is kindness? When we speak of being kind to one another, we usually think of it in terms of common courtesy. Being kind means not pushing your way to the front of the line means letting someone merge in front of you. Being kind means using kind words, like please and thank you, which is why this verse is so popular to use with children. Or we think of kindness like my grandmother, who, when catching my sister and I fighting or calling each other names, would say to us in her West Texas accent, now be kind, with that bright eye, and remember that, that kind, maybe that's kindness. But kindness can also be much deeper than common courtesy. In fact, I would venture to say that we could be courteous people, but not kind people. The call to be kind is much more than the call to be courteous. The call to be kind is to remove those things in our lives that represent the old way of living and replace them with those things that flow from our new life in Christ. In fact, back in the verse 31 of our text, we have a list of things that really are the antithesis of kindness. Back in verse 31, we read, Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice. That's quite a list. How can we be kind with bitterness and anger and wrangling and slander and malice and wrath? So the text basically tells us that we need to flush out the things of verse 31 in order to make room for the command of verse 32. And it is here in verse 32 that we see exactly what it means to be kind. Be kind one to another, and here is the how, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. To be kind means to be tender-hearted and forgiving. When we are tender-hearted and forgiving, we are keenly aware of what other people are feeling. When we are tender-hearted and forgiving, we are able to place ourselves in others' shoes. When we are tender-hearted and forgiving, we are sensitive to the needs of those around us. When we are tender-hearted and forgiving, we practice grace instead of guilt. When we are tender-hearted and forgiving, we have the heart of God. So how do we go about becoming people who are kind? Well, I believe the first place to start actually is with common courtesy. The bumper sticker says, practice random acts of kindness, and that's not a bad place to start. Because kindness, while having its roots in a tender heart, has its branches in action. It takes its form in what we do for others and the attitude in which we do it. 
One cannot say, okay, I'm going to be kind today, and then not show any kindness in action. So what are some actions we can start incorporating into our lives that show kindness? I'm sure you could think of hundreds. Our children thought of several. Actually smiling and saying thank you at a drive through window. Letting someone pull in front of you on the expressway. I never see that. <laughs> Speaking with simple respect to whatever retail person you encounter. You'd be surprised how many Christian people I deal with every day who show no kindness whatsoever. <laughs> it's just because it's retail. I'm going to be mean. Saying thank you. Saying you're welcome. Smiling. There are a million ways to start showing simple kindness. And the point is just to do it. To start being kind. It's not hard. Usually. But it needs to go deeper than that. And as we've seen in our scripture this morning, being kind means going beyond common courtesy. Being kind means cultivating a tender and forgiving heart. And that, sisters and brothers, is the hard work. It is one thing to be kind. It is quite another to develop a tender heart. It takes time and energy and prayer. It takes practice and failure and practice again. But if we are to be serious about being imitators of God, if we are to be serious about our calling as disciples of Jesus Christ, then we will take seriously the command to be tender-hearted. It will take time. But if every day, with the Spirit's help, we are reminded to be a little more sensitive, a little more forgiving, a little more sensitive, aware, then slowly and surely we will become the kind people we should become. And what will be the result? What will happen when we begin to tender our hearts and focus on forgiveness and kindness? The result will be that other people will begin to see that our kindness is not on the surface. That there is a reason for our kindness. People will begin to see God in us. And isn't that the goal? that God would use us to draw people to God's love. Wouldn't it be great to be that kind of person? We can be. It all starts with, be you kind, one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God, through Christ Jesus, has forgiven us. Amen.